Hey, America. Start Start listening listening now. now. That's right. It's summer 2023. So, you know, we got we got the hottest show in the universe. 2018. That's right. Five years later. Just think back. Moonlight just won Best Picture. Meghan Markle got married to some guy. The world was in a state of utter utopian bliss. And you can't convince me otherwise. Roll the heavenly music. And welcome to another heavenly episode of 12 Points from America, the Eurovision Song Contest podcast from America, the country that wishes to thank you for coming to the theater to see this movie. I'm Eric. I'm Derek. I'm standing with sag on the writer's strike. Oh, and I'm Danny. I thought you were Sam. That too. I'm, I contain okay. multitudes. She's an AI composite. <laughs> Sam couldn't make it. So yeah, they, were, yeah uh, they did the full body the scan of you so that we could have you here. It's like the Roger Ebert thing. Just typing out our lines and then the machine reads them for us. Oh, that no. sounds about right. <laughs> Everyone check out Beaster Day on YouTube. Oh, God, please no. don't. <laughs> I'll cut that. Thank you. All right. Before we dip back uh, five years, which I promise you is going to feel much farther back than it actually is. Uh, Sam, hit us with five years worth of socials list offs. All right. Well, half of these social medias didn't exist when we uh, when we first started up, but you can <laughs> find us on all true. the normal ones. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, threads, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. YouTube uh, at one, two points USA, or just email us directly at 12 points from America at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to purchase some of our merchandise over on our Redbubble site, or you can just support us directly on Patreon. And whether you support us financially or not, we love you either way. But our Patreon supporters do get exclusive content, early access to episodes, and just another way of reaching out to us. And you might be listening to us by our friends over at Switch Radio. You're up calling this week, and if you are, hi, thanks. Anyway, you might be wondering, why are we talking about Lisbon 2018, of all things? Why not? We that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's part of it. Uh, what are we going to celebrate? Time. Literally the one-year anniversary of Unicorn being announced? Ooh. <laughs> well, what are you doing for Unicorn Day, Danny? I don't know. It was on the 11th, so it actually passed me by. Oh, oh wow. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm happy- honoring the most feminine, phenomenal women in my life. Like you, Sam. Oh, thanks. Oh. Just give me some warm fuzzies, yeah, I it guess. It was July 11th. Believe it or not, I looked it up. That is when we knew Noah Carell would be representing us. Wow. A song called Unicorn, even though we didn't nope. hear it yet. My gosh. Did, did we know the song title immediately? I didn't think we knew the song title yet. We knew it was oh, Noah, or yeah. they said it was going to be Noah. And then Noah was like, uh, I don't know. And then a couple days later, it's like, okay, fine. Okay. Uh, anyway, but yes, we wanted to go back and turn our eyes to the 2018 contest for a couple of reasons. One, it's summertime and what else the heck are we talking about? And two, it was basically the last contest that happened before we started 12 Points from America. We basically started the show right around the time of the 2019 contest. So 2018, we watched the show, we watched the songs together. We, you know, Danny was first exposed to the Eurovision party that I hold every year when we walked in and basically made him watch toy, whether he liked it or not. That's right. Yeah. We we were like partway through the playlist and, and Danny got in like right as toy was wrapping up and we were like, yeah, Listen, we got to back we're, up. We're going to watch this again just yeah. because we want to and because Danny needs to see it. Yeah. Yep. Right. 
but it's it was just a fun year. Uh, two out of the four of us were on site. Uh, Derek and I were there with two different delegations, me with the Bulgarians and Derek with the Austrians. I'm sure we'll have stories. But we kind of just wanted to to think about our, our memories, our favorite songs, and really kind of examine what's held up, what's what stood the test of time, what hasn't. Uh, how would we look at this contest through the lens of the current voting system? Things like that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I'm going to so, start us out here. I'm going to say yeah. that as f- just begin because I think my lens will have a lot of things to explore. I'm going to say that 2018 could have looking back and comparing years around the same time as 2018. Uh, I think it was honestly the ideal year for me to start being involved in Eurovision. This uh, this year had the tied record for the most countries involved this was yep. the uh, uh this is 42 or 43 i think it was 43 43, 43. Uh, so, you know this is before belarus and russia had to leave the contest because of capital r reasons uh this is you know the one of the last times we had hungary and uh and and montenegro in the contest this is uh it was also uh a year in which a lot of songs sounded like each other this is the year that gave us uh that gave us a little old indie song called fuego uh there was just a lot to enjoy here for me coming into the contest because there's a ton of songs here that are just really emblematic of the kind of songs you're going to see every single year there are uh songs that could pass for american radio there are songs that could pass for a uh soviet socialist republic's national anthem uh there's there's just a crazy amount of variety here a couple of songs that have really stood the test of eurovision time and a couple of songs whose staging overshadows the song itself uh, which i'm sure (laughs) we will mention once or twice so i really can't gush enough about 2018 i hope that it's not you know the bias of it actually being my first contest but there's just a lot of things that objectively made it one of the biggest and uh most memorable contests least of which being the lisbon arena which was probably one of the best venues until we went to liverpool uh that that i had seen which it's really interesting it was certainly one of the larger arenas that we've had in recent years but in terms of the staging the portuguese broadcaster in the eb really kind of pulled things back a bit it wasn't a staging that was absolutely festooned with leds there was a lot more focus on props and and practical staging rather than rather than digital effects or things like that, which I thought was an interesting counterpoint to a lot of the really high LED focus that we've seen in recent years. Uh So Lisbon did that. I think uh, Oslo was also a similar kind of thing where they kind of pulled things back after many, many years of just crazy, 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 crazy. So I, I look at this year in the context of every year, you see something kind of a little bit from the year before and like, how does it build on the year before? And for me, when Salvador Sobral won, which is obviously the reason that we were in Lisbon, we think about, okay, now that Salvador's won, what were we going to see the following year? And it wasn't, you know, some people like, oh, it's going to be all slow stuff and jazz ballads or things like that. You know, a bunch Mm -hmm. of sad boys, quite the opposite. I thought what we saw were delegations and, and artists willing to break out of the mold of what Eurovision stereotypically is. You saw more rock, you saw more ethnic, you saw more uh, native language songs that people weren't playing it safe. 
And I appreciated that. So for me, when I saw Salvador's influence, it came in linguistically. It was a very, very diverse year linguistically. Mm-hmm. And we saw it in the breadth and depth of genres. So that's what I saw. I wasn't there, but it, just in terms of overall song quality, I think this is my favorite Eurovision. Uh, I, I remember rewatching a bit of it. I think it was while we were in Paris for Junior, because you can't watch it here. Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, we were watching a little bit of the of the final and just going through the flag parade and seeing artist after artist after artist that I love and just thinking, how the hell were all of these in the same contest? Like, it's just it's just an unending stream of, of great great acts just one after another it the final is so stacked it's unbelievable and that's not even um, talking about the great songs that were left behind at the semifinal. Level. i was gonna oh, say oh, this oh yeah yeah we got we got a couple that i know that we love that got uh that got snipped because of the semifinals yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'm making a loose top 10 there are at least two non-qualifiers in there so oh for I, sure yep. i God, this this whole thing, uh, this whole year was just so, so tremendous. Uh, but Derek, Derek. Yeah. What were some of your uh, initial thoughts and memories? Uh, hang on. Hang on. Because <laughs> because I, I, I want to go back about 150 episodes for a second. And yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> was it that long ago? It, I don't know, probably. And we, we did uh, we, we did a, a three parts like 2010s recap. Oh, where yes. where oh, we right, right yeah where we like picked okay what was your favorite year what was your least favorite year what was your favorite song what was your favorite sandwich what was your favorite whatever and Derek you said 2018 was your least favorite year at of the, the time. decade of the deck yeah okay of the decade uh uh why that <laughs> I don't remember the reason you gave but I would I I want to I want to just point blank ask what uh what gives. I think the biggest kind of hurdle for me was the fact that I was working with the Australian, de- Austrian, not Australian, Austrian delegation at the time. It it kept me really busy and I didn't get as much of a chance to sort of enjoy the show and really get into it. Uh, I think another thing that kind of surprised me and maybe I'm just being overly critical or pedantic, but I think not having, having LEDs was a huge hurdle for a lot of countries. And they didn't know what to do without them. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, it kind of worked and they figured out a way around it. And we'll probably talk about those countries. But I think <laughs> yeah. a few other countries were just completely at a loss. Was, was, it, oh, I was just going to ask, is there a particular country that comes to mind when, when you say that? That is like they just totally faltered because of that? That you uh, think or... This is going to be it mean. Was, uh, it was the San Marinese robots, wasn't it? Bulgaria. Oh, Bulgaria. Yeah. That was uh, Bulgaria was. That was Sasha Baptiste. Got the lips. <laughs> got the love beyond mine. the bones. That was my delegation, y'all. <laughs> And I'm, and I'm going to say, the, uh, I think their performance was excellent. And I really liked the song. I thought the staging was kind of messy and the lights and all that. It, I don't think it translated quite the way they wanted it to. And I, I think there was like, what, three countries that really tried to cheat it. So like Malta, Germany and Sweden all yeah, brought Sweden their own brought on their own screen. Yeah. Denmark yeah. a little bit, too. And Denmark, too. Yeah. And I just kind of was like, guys, just figure it out. I mean, Ireland had a really cool staging. Oh, um, it was actually Estonia. So that was that was. To, oh, together, yeah. right? Uh, what was yeah. what was Ireland staging? Because I was trying to think back. I was, was like, gay. Oh, so where, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, I was trying to think back, and I'm like, so one of the things that makes it difficult to really assess a, a contest that has been five years old to assess the the individual songs is that some of them have a staging and a live performance that I remember really well. And the other ones, I am literally just judging by the song itself. So there's like a big difference there just because I can't remember the staging. Definitely not, mm. definitely not the case with Ukraine. Like, 
<laughs> Do you remember Vampire Boy mm-hmm. at a Flaming mm-hmm. Piano? Like, it's mm-hmm. that's Eurovision, baby. Love it. I wish, I mean, I really wish it, in the cases where they're like, okay, we don't have LEDs, we got to do something really interesting. Uh, I think in some cases they did something really spectacular. I think Cyprus really knocked it out. I think, yeah. I think Ireland's really worked. I think Moldova's really worked. Yes. And I, I kind of wish other countries would have been like, all right, well, let's get some dancers, let's get some lights, let's do some more, get some props and do something really interesting with this. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it just kind of like, okay, this is, this is what you got. You're, you really clearly wish there was graphics behind you right now. In other words, the delegation like Italy that started putting graphics in front where you had yes. the words coming through the screen that I don't really uh, think had really been done before with a song like No Me Fate Fatto Niente having that really international touch with obvious languages and that innovation in that way it kind of pushed them in a way so that was really sneaky too because there was like graphics in the lettering or video kind of embedded in the letters yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure you can do that, but okay. But they did. <laughs> they did. Now, this is a this is a question for uh, basically everyone else who's not me, who had been familiar with Eurovision a little bit beforehand. 2018 feels like, to me, a year that did not have a lot of the sort of general hokey Eurovision silliness that you see from countries even just a couple years before. Like, there's no... There's no dancing grannies in this one. Um, there's no, no sort of songs. There's no, yeah, there's no yodel it, which was just the year before, right? Mm. Was that yes, 2017? Was. Yep. 2018 feels like the first year when it really felt like a, I don't know, like a, <laughs> a contest that was taking itself seriously. That was like thinking of itself as, as kind of important. And it's like, all right, get the silly times out of here. It's time to have a really fun pop music contest. But then there were moments like, and we were talking about this off, off mic, uh, with Belarus, the moment that we first saw Alexia's Forever and his staging with a sort of, it took itself so seriously that it became silly. Ah, uh, it became the, the, camp. The rose stigmata oh, in the, God. yeah, there was, there was well, all but that there's no, on. you know, th- we don't have the turkey. We don't have the yodeling. We don't have the butter churning at this contest. It really, no, it really feels like we have the, these are some, these are some concerts that are really trying to make it. That's and then we had this, and then the San Marinese robots. Just... Yeah, but yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, they had to get something up there. Oh, San Marino will always be the exception. Let us not forget. Fair, fair. No, but the you're whole, right. The whole tenor of the show, start to finish, even in the interval acts and the hosts and everything, just there was like a general sense of like gravitas to it. Like the, uh, like they brought in these classic like Fadu performers and jazz mm. musicians and singers. And it's just like this whole thing. It's like, this is the contest for the adults send the kids to bed they're gonna be bored out of their minds it was so good i mean they brought caetano veloso to the stage like the the, the legend and had him singing with with salvador like for for a lucifone a fan of lucifone music like that's that's as good as it gets but you're right it wasn't this wasn't going to be love love peace peace this was going to be portugal being as portuguese as they can portugal and because yet, it, because it was so yeah. freaking serious. And like, yet, who could outport? Who could out Portugal him? But I, I all, all of all of that is true, Sam. Mm. Uh, but then also Philomena. Oh, yes. Philomena! Oh, it's love. just taking the piss out of just all of it. And and honestly, I I think that maybe now that you've said that, that maybe I mean she's great no matter what she's doing. But being that sort of breath of fresh air and comic relief in a contest that really was dialing the silliness down a bit only elevated her talents as a host and and uh just the thing she could do with just like uh, just the look on her face 
of oh, like yeah. a of like a uh, or or whatever. Yeah, Tim <laughs> Allen and Home Improvement. Um, <laughs> uh, she's she was just so wonderful. She's one of the she's one of the best things about that contest, and was almost certainly the least serious thing about it. Yeah, I mean, for me, Philomena Cautela. She has cemented herself as one of those top hosts. If we can get her, um, uh, Anka Engelke, Hannah Waddingham, Hannah Waddingham, yeah. and, and Pietro Meda to do some sort of Eurovision best of, you know, 70th anniversary <laughs> celebration. I, they I wouldn't would even need to have song. Just let them do something. Like, I just, I just fun, sit around and do like coffee talk with each other. Yes. Yeah. Just drinking some sangria and just shooting the breeze. Yes. I, yeah, I would watch We just that. reinvented yeah, yeah, yeah. the view. That's that's what we did. We just avista, avista, avista. <laughs> oh, we did it. We've solved all the Earth's problems with <sighs> the, with the show that we made. Up. So love it. Do we want to talk about these uh, individual semis? Because, or at least, let's explain what changed with the voting system between what we have now and what was in place in 2018. Sure, sure. So as we've talked about before, uh, this year, 2023, the semifinals were decided entirely by a public vote. There was no jury involvement unless there was some sort of a you know technical difficulty or false safe, anything like that. But prior to that, it was 50% jury, 50% public televote. And we now know if it were the 2023 voting system in the 2018 contest, we would have lost a couple of songs. Mm -hmm. So if it were a televoting only semifinal, for semifinal one, we would have lost Albania, which would have been yeah. Mull, Bay, Yugendbush Peppa, which, which would have come in 11th in that public vote. You but we public would have, voting morons. But Sorry. we would have gained Greece. But just wait, Eric. Yeah, you would have had Greece. All you right, would have fine. Had Greece. Move. I'll, I'll allow it. Seriously, how did uh, the jury tank that one? Yeah, how did the jury tank tank Oniri Mood? That seems like I don't know. The stage I, I, up their alley. The staging wasn't great. Wasn't that uh, bad, no. Remind us this semifinals winners. What did go through here? All right, so the televoting winners. Are you want the televoting winners or just the general winners? Uh, no, give me give give me with the jury. So uh, let's see what the juries did go for. Okay, so if the juries had been the exclusive arbiters of taste, uh, Israel, Austria, Albania, Bulgaria, Czech Republic or Czechia, uh, Cyprus, mm -hmm. Estonia, Ireland. So all of those qualified in real life, and then we get mm -hmm. two divergent. Ninth place with the jury would have been Belgium. And they Senegal. were right. The Senegal jury was time. right. And 10th place would have been Zibs Stones Zibs from Switzerland. Stones? Yeah. Nah. Okay. Yeah. This is... So, um. This That's just semi one. <laughs> this, I think, I was still fairly new to this, but I remember talking to both of you, even at the time, being like, this semi is brutal. Yeah. There, there are multiple great songs that aren't making it just because there are, like, there are like 13 outstanding songs here right like i don't know exactly. what we i don't know what we do um now and then, it blows my mind just before we get into the televote how well mm -hmm. israel did with the televote but not with the or not with the jury but not with the televote given how they did in the end mm -hmm. yeah they yeah. crushed the jury vote yeah in that not scene. too shabby with the televote in that final though no they were they were fourth in the televote but but yeah uh yeah absolutely demolished the the jury yeah right. fourth in the televote tied with austria yeah, with Austria, which the jury seems a, in the final. Yeah, 
televote winner there, Cyprus, surprising absolutely no one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, shall we look at the votes from semifinal two? What would have been different? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so like semifinal one, there would have been one song out, one song in. So we would have lost the Netherlands at law E minor. Fine. And we would have gained Poland. Yeah. At what Grammy. cost? Grammy, let me up. <laughs> That that one is is kind of surprising because uh, as it as it stood as it actually played out that uh, light me up finished like fourteenth overall Baby. so like in so the ju- jury yeah absolutely murdered that song yeah. uh, twenty one points from the juries and they really points. and they really really lifted the Netherlands because they only you know the Netherlands received forty seven points with televoting but one hundred and twenty seven points fourth place with the jury I I, I can't. I can't believe that. It's it's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, How so they it... love the Netherlands so much. And can I just take a look here at semifinal two? My old buddies, Malta. I just love seeing this happen again to them. Malta's taboo. 93 points from the jury. Fifth place in the jury vote. And in televoting, dead last. Eight points. It, beautiful. You know, keep up the keep up the trend. There's is, are there points for reliability? My God, I've got I mean, a, a, a four guys. Yeah. Uh, a bit yeah. of a wild Statmotron thing about this semi specifically. Yes, Ooh, there have been uh, in uh, in Eurovision history, uh, and obviously this the 2016 scoring change helped with this a lot, uh, just because there were more points available. This is actually the Eurovision with the most points, just ah. total uh, because of both the number of countries and the voting system. But there are six songs in Eurovision history that got more than that got a hundred or more points in a semifinal and didn't qualify. Three of them are from this semi. Wow. <laughs> uh, which is just crazy. Wow. Uh, that's Romania, Latvia, Malta. Uh, all yeah. oh, all got triple again? digit. Funny girl. What was the? Oh, really? Laura Risotto. Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. raised. Edina, Edina, former resident. No, she only Laura lived there for Rizzotto. like a year or two, wasn't we'll, it? We'll still take her. Very we'll still take her. And reclaim her, yeah. Half delicious cheese and rice. Yeah. <laughs> I think with, with this semi, though, I think is kind of interesting looking at the songs, even the ones at the top. I don't think there were any that were like huge competitors. Like, I think. Uh, what do you just, mean? Well, like, were any of these in, in competition to win, really? I mean, just, Sweden yeah. did end up doing very, very well in the jury vote. Uh. Sweden. Uh, Denmark had a ton of love. That was sort of Denmark got a love from the televote. Yeah, Norway. Alexander Ryback, but that's about it. Yeah. Norway won yeah. the semi. Uh, yeah, that's true. Very, pretty, pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then the final half. Yeah. Uh, well, he really kind of fell off after this. Yeah. He, he was, if I remember correctly, he was, sick, he was yes. battling a cold. Yeah, he was. He was not I'm not saying it's his fault, but I think. I think he had a lot of extenuating circumstances, which is really unfortunate. He probably would have done a lot mm-hmm. better in the final. I don't think he would have won. But kind of looking at him, like realizing, oh, Israel and Cyprus were both in that first semi. Yeah, Israel, mm-hmm. Cyprus, and Austria. Yep. Oh, and Austria. Yeah. Yep. And yep. then Germany was fourth. And then, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not looking. Which one was, who was fifth again? Uh, who came in fifth in the final? Uh, uh, that... Not Italy. Uh, oh, yeah, Italy, it was. Yeah. It was Italy. It was Italy. Yep. Oh yeah. So oh, the top five was, almost, yeah. was either the big five or the first semi. Wow. <laughs> that semi is 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 nuts. And yet the second semi is the one where a song with a hundred and one points finished thirteenth. Yeah. And guess uh, what? It was Malta. Yeah. Completely <laughs> unprecedented. Sam, mm-hmm. off the top of your head, or anybody else, 
Do you know the other songs that hit triple digits but didn't qualify? Oh, triple God. Digits, but didn't qualify. Are any of them more recent than 2019? Yes, two of them. Was, are. It, oh, was it Colin okay. 2019? Yep. Uh, Polly Shea is, is the record holder for this. 120 points and didn't make it. Oh, wow. yeah, that's right. But that's oh. a year when we had some funkiness in the mm-hmm. semifinal. And yeah, they, yes. And it, they probably should have made it, but uh, it is what it is. Ooh, Run with the Lions? No. No. The <laughs> Uh, the others are the there. others are TikTok uh, from 2021. Oh, of course. oh gosh, yeah, Croatia, my poor girl, yeah. And then uh, this one is uh, the other one is uh, Lubavge from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Oh my God, the last Bosnian entry, yeah. Yep, also got over 100, didn't qualify. So oh, fun fact about record. about TikTok though was it didn't come below 10th place in either jury or televote, and somehow didn't qualify either. God. <sighs> That's that insane. Was a rough one. What like, a split. 2021. That seems like it shouldn't happen. <laughs> so much insanity. Like uh, undoubtedly in a couple of weeks or a couple months, we are going to re-examine 2021. But my God, that seems insane. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh. 2018. 2018 is a is a land of contrasts. It is. I'd like to bring something up when I was, you know, listening to all of these uh, songs from from 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's that there seemed to be an uncanny sort of resemblance between certain songs. We talked about how we had a huge spread and a like a big diversity in terms of linguistics and genre, but I wrote down like six songs that struck me as, I, I don't know exactly how to put this, but they all sort of gave me the same vibe as We Found Love by Calvin Harris and Rihanna from like 2010, 2011. There's six mm-hmm. songs that sort of feel like that. Like they're going for this big, epic pop dance floor feel. Malta Taboo, Finland Monsters, Poland Light Me Up, Macedonia Lost and Found a little bit, Australia We Got Love, and even San Marino's Who We, like, who we Are. Like that's, it. they all just have this similar structure, construction, and even like vocal layout. I, I, I'm not sure how to describe it, but so many of them have this kind of epic pop with just the tiniest little touch of EDM. They all they they all wanted to be the biggest thing in Mallorca. Uh, Danny, can you can you list the countries again? So Australia, making San an observation Marino, here. Yep. FYR, Macedonia. Back when it yeah, was huh. the old FYR. Mm. Poland, Finland, Malta. All right. So like four of those uh, yeah. of the six didn't qualify. Yeah. I'm counting. Right? Yeah. So and while there was kind you... of an abundance of that, there was also kind <laughs> of a, re- a rejection of it. Yeah. Derek, yeah. when you said that this is one of your least favorite years, I was like, is it because it all sounds like Swedish production? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Of any of those songs, just, I don't know, we can cut this out if it doesn't work out. But are any of those songs in your top five, Derek? Wait, do you have to run those by me again? I them in front of me. Australia, San Marino, Macedonia, Poland, Finland, Malta. No. no. Nah, yeah. See, the, I, the I, I have to wonder if like this was a year when a bunch of countries were like, this is a really popular sound that sort of, you know, started in, you know, Ibiza and was very big in America six years ago. <laughs> and they tried to see if it would work out at Eurovision. And for the most part, except for maybe Australia, no one had good luck with it. Team Just Australia something kind of that I noticed just a little something i saw hmm. well i mean it, what's what's popular on the charts in one you mean delegations might you know say hey let's give it a shot or if it's up for a national final bid yeah 
you know, that's if that's what's on on the charts, then it doesn't doesn't go that far to assume that people might vote for it. It's like, hey, this sounds familiar. This sounds comforting. This sounds successful. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Can I also note uh, on the topic of Australia uh, that it showed up <laughs> in Liverpool in one of the what? one we of got the acts? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In yeah. um in the drag in the drag bit, yeah. didn't it? Yep. Yep. Mm, just happened to be there, and I thought I and I may have even tweeted something to this effect uh, that was like, ah. Uh, uh, we got love still stuck in the semifinals. I see. I in, oh, in my no. head, I, I was it, because in my head I was thinking we got love did qualify. It, I, yes, it did. It it finished fourth in its semi. Yeah. For mm-hmm. some reason, in my head, that song didn't make it, and I think it was just it was it was the first time that they like <laughs> didn't hit not, an absolute grand slam. Yeah, like you know, it finished in the twenties in the final. I think as opposed to all of their previous attempts which were all just stellar uh not that there had been that many at that point but but uh yeah for some reason in my head that song crashed and burned when it it really it didn't it made the final uh thanks yeah. to the extremely kind quote unquote uh folks on twitter who corrected me on that um way back in the in the day by which i mean two <laughs> months ago mm-hmm. i mean to be fair leading up to the contest i was convinced it was not going to qualify yeah and and that's another example of a I think a, an entry where their staging was very lackluster, right? Mm-hmm. And which is surprising because that was that was Sasha John Baptiste as well. Baptiste again, yeah, <laughs> the Baptiste. We gotta get we gotta get Sasha on the show. So I, I do have to I'll agree with you. Sure. One last thing before we all sort of I don't know <laughs> write our songs and bring out the guillotine, but like it might have been that I was primed by this year to expect more props or like structures on stage everything else has felt very pared down because we had so much on stage stuff this year moldova and sweden had big rigs ukraine had a big rig um gosh yeah had a a wall of maneki neko Yeah, should yeah, yeah, just wheel out a bunch of and and it's like there's something very uh very tactile and 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 plastic and 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 very it's like using practical effects in a in a in a in a blockbuster movie. It's like you can appreciate just how real it feels. Uh, there's something kind of special about that, even if it did turn out to I don't know in retrospect feel. I don't know, cheap? Cheap isn't the right word, but just like there's such a level of hyper glitz and glamour in the contest now. Was this one of the last years when we had sort of a practical feel to it? It's the LEDs. Ain't no one ain't no one beaten Moldova on the staging deal ever since, you know? Name me name me one country that's best of them. I'm curious if anyone knows or has any insight into this what the cost is to generate those LED productions. I imagine like once it's done, they throw it onto a thumb drive and send it to the EBU and that's it. Uh, but like compared to, oh, we need to build this huge elaborate set piece like Malta did this year. Mm-hmm. Like was the cost of creating the backdrop, like would that be cheaper than it just having, you know, practical sets or I, I don't know. Like I, I'm always amazed when I look up like, oh, this Pixar movie, which was generated entirely in a computer and required no props or sets or locations or anything still somehow cost $200 million. Yeah, it's millions and millions. Trent Reznor I mean, doesn't pay for himself, Derek. No, but <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. So let's, uh, let's ask Rosa Lynn how that worked out for 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 Armenia. So many post-it notes. So many post-it yeah. notes. <laughs> Three M yeah, thanks like her a, for her service. Yeah, isn't mm. there like a local? I I think you told me about this that they usually hire like some kind of local 
production team and they send them the specs and say this is what we need you to build so we don't have to build it in you know macedonia and then ship it out here i really don't know um well i, we'll I feel like, I feel down, like uh, somebody like, I, I mean uh, i feel like it, it, i feel like it depends on the country and and depends yeah. on the specific prop because i i feel like i remember back and granted this is years ago but um 2009 it would have been so ukraine the song Be My Valentine, Svetlana Laboda, that she basically, supposedly she she created this spinning gears prop that she called the Hell Machine with dancing Trojan warriors all over it, painted in silver. It was a fantastic show. Danny, if you don't know this one already, I highly recommend this is a good one for you to look up. Oh, oh, we're going to have to do a 12 points reacts, I think. We have to, we have to do one of these again. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, but supposedly, and it could have just been the narrative of, of the ordeal of one getting it built and paid for and then ending up going and putting it in the, the arena in Moscow and just how huge it was. And you know, now what do you do with it after the show is over? Uh, but then there are other countries where, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the technicals to, to say, but, you know, it makes you wonder, could Caria this year just have gotten a whole bunch of, uh, you know, pallets and just had people in Liverpool put those together or were those shipped in? What if it was a things? drawing of a box instead of a box? <gasps> That's not what you meant, I know. Sadly, no. But yeah, I don't know enough about it to say. It seems like, um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of one of those things like looking at Malta this year and then Malta from 2018, now that we're seeing it's like they, they're clearly spending a ton of money on this. Yeah. And it worries me that they're not getting anything back. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, Malta. I would love top. that. I would love that. Two weeks of sipping Kinney and eating twisties and being surrounded by people with that lovely accent. Ugh. Malta, get it together. People, vote for Malta. Well, the once busker. your new airline is up and the running. Oscar. Anyway. Oh, God. They're so good. So, anyway. Sa uh, Sa Sam and Derek, you were, you were there. You were in Lisbon. Yeah. What, uh, what do you remember most fondly? Honestly, I mean, I... Uh, I love the city like this, this, I kind of, I kind of defer to this anyway, but I, I absolutely fell in love with the city of Lisbon. It was, it had been on my bucket list for a very, very long time. And it was so charming and I felt so comfortable, such incredible history, architecture. The food was great. The people were friendly. I actually got, got to be able to practice my Portuguese in person, which was great. And I didn't make a complete idiot out of myself, which is even greater. But I, you know, I think honestly, just musically this year was just right up my alley. And so I look back at Lisbon with very, very rose tinted glasses, just because it was musically a year that I was absolutely into a city that I was absolutely falling in love with. Um, it was, it was just good. Even though I ended up sleeping on a very small couch for that two weeks, just because of a miscommunication in the, in the, uh, in the Airbnb that I ended up getting into. But anyway, there are certain things that you do for the love of the game. Any specific moments, either working with the Bulgarians or otherwise? Honestly, like I had met Vladi the year before and because he was one of the backing singers for Chris Kostov. So I, I had met him the year before and I know he was a total professional and absolutely great guy. Uh, but the other four, I had not. And it was very cool to see how these five people from two different countries, some of whom worked together, most had not, how they were generally able to coalesce pretty well. And then there were times when somebody would just go wandering off and you would have to <laughs> corral them back into place. And Sometimes they were very cohesive and sometimes it was like herding cats when you're trying mm. to be the one to to make sure the folks are where they're supposed to be for uh, for interview calls and things like that. But it was it was interesting, the fact that uh, there were two Americans in Equinox 
So I, you know, there's naturally a bit of a a feeling of isolation when you're the only person in a delegation who doesn't speak that delegation's language. And by having two Americans on the Bulgarian team that year, it was, it felt a lot more comfortable. And all five, six, really, I mean, there are five people in Equinox, but there was a sixth person who unfortunately was relegated to a backing singer. But I think if given the proper chance, she could have easily been a sixth member, Mia, uh, who was really, really talented as well. But they I, were... d- I definitely remember moments in their performances where there was a female vocal uh, and her mouth was not moving. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. But no, it's it is what it is. Um, no, but um, no, I, I generally have pretty fun, fun memories of that. So Jana, uh, Georgie. Laddie, Trey, and Johnny were were really great. Derek, same questions. And with yours, hmm? you you unexpectedly finished third. Uh, Well, not you, um, your delegation. No, No, Derek specifically. Uh, Remember, don't you remember when all the twelve points were going to Derek? Yeah, Caesar uh, thanks me every day. I see to it myself. (laughs) And if he doesn't, uh, well, geez, I mean, his family is really nice, but I hate for something to happen to him. But uh, yeah, you uh, you won the jury vote. You specifically. Uh, what's what what's going on in those moments? Uh, they were not expecting that at all. The the, the reaction was just like awe, um, like the stunned silence among the people who were in the press center at the time. We're just like, what's happening? What do we do now? <laughs> and I, I feel like that happens so rarely. Like mm-hmm. we have a surprise winner of that sort and if i'm giving a look behind the curtain i kind of had an inclination that that might happen because during the rehearsals um i'm blanking on his name all of a sudden christer bjorkman oh (laughs) christer bjorkman was there because he was a producer at the time like comes out after our first rehearsal and tells him this song is amazing there's nothing else like it he was just astonished like he clearly loved it and i thought oh this this is important well crap <laughs> bad news guys christer loves it yeah but then it won the jury it kind of like all sort of connected in the in the moment i'm just like oh god this is the thing this is what you know that music professional pop sensibilities kind of person would really like you know and we saw a little bit more of that the next year and i thought oh yeah that makes perfect sense if somebody else would try to do that hmm. um but yeah i, I think this year, I think if more than anything demonstrates that number one, anybody can win in the case of Portugal, like it was a shock that a country that's been there for for decades finally got their chance with a song that no one really would have expected to on paper on paper. Yeah. Yeah, like you, you look at it, it's like it's so it's just him and it's boring. <laughs> just, hey. just but I mean from a description point of view, it's okay. like there's not a lot of fancy graphics. It's just him singing to a microphone. There's not a lot of fancy camera work, there's no pyrotechnics. It's just a very slow kind of love song. What if we put him really high up and then what? and then brought down? <laughs> well, I mean in terms of I'm talking about Portugal in this one. Oh. That they won and then they were hosting it, and then they're gonna do like this like really artsy, stripped down contest. Um, that a couple of countries sort of came out of absolutely nowhere to potentially win the whole thing again. Nobody expected Austria to do as well as it did. And then for Cyprus to kind of once it once people started seeing the rehearsals, were like, oh no, no, this is the winner. Even though Israel, the second toy was released, it jumped to number one and it stayed there for weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there, yeah. there was never any question that that wasn't going to win up until we saw Cyprus, which is mm-hmm. weird because we'd heard the song and nobody really thought anything of it. Because people just thought it was another fluffy little 
throw away pop number by you know another pretty girl. another pretty right. girl and it's, then we realize been, that she's so magnetic she, and fearless. yeah that she had that charisma alive yeah. yeah oh my god and it's a song that i think has had like we you know we talk about like oh the, this this one the year but i think if you're looking back there's a different song each year that was like way more influential yeah. than the winner itself and that's mm, she Fuego, was like mm-hmm. the impact it's had is just she's kind the dotty freyer of her year for sure yeah i mean so, i've never seen the same two the two at the same place at the same time there's <laughs> a distinct height difference but he, he might be wearing lifts um <laughs> unbelievable lifts <laughs> So yeah, let's, he takes uh, off. He takes off half of his legs to yeah. perform Fuego. Let's let's <laughs> talk about the winning song for a second. Yeah, uh, because I, I think that the phenomenon that has been Toy's legacy is it's been weird. Uh, it, not that not that the ESC two fifty is the be all end all of of every of anything, but I want to say Toy has dropped out of the top hundred uh, as a winner, whereas Fuego has stayed in the top five ten mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty much its entire time. Um, my theory is this. Uh, Toy had all the hype going in, obviously. Uh, and I think if if maybe maybe even like a couple more days had passed before the final, Fuego could have passed it. Because I think a lot a lot of the a lot of the like the, the fandom saw them were like, no, 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 never mind the goofy buck buck thing. This one. We want this one. But by that point, it was just too late. And and the momentum Toy had going in was just was just too strong. Uh why but I guess in how has Toy fallen off so much uh, in, in terms of in terms of its apparent legacy? It's uh, it's it's two pronged, um, and uh, I think it comes from sort of the more simplistic and dumb political sides of things. Toy's a cool song, and Toy is a, a is a winning song and won quite decisively. But I know that there are people out there who roll their eyes as what they see as um, these are their words, not mine, but annoying pop feminism. Um, And that is just sort of like a vibe that doesn't sit well with a large portion of the uh, of the viewing population. And the other one is the simple fact of the the political situation in Israel only has deteriorated as the years have gone on. So those people who associate Netta with Israel as a whole which can happen sometimes when you have a contest like this where it's like you are representing your country like that can just be conflated and those who are of that political mindset can just completely discard anything that Israel does as you might do with uh, uh, anything that Russia has done or Belarus has done uh, regardless of the quality of their songs um and so uh, but i think it's that first reason that ha- uh, just turned a lot of people off and those people just have been butt hurt enough on the internet uh and uh crudely vocal enough to i think just sort of I don't know, uh, create this sort of like, oh, this this song didn't deserve to win. It's just sort of dumb. <laughs> it's exactly what they sound like in my head. Yeah, that's how everyone oh, okay. yeah. Well, I to counter that, um, the song's political and I think it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily agree with the second part of that because I don't feel like Israel's necessarily struggled <laughs> as of late. Even I mean, no, 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 right? Yeah. She didn't seem to have a hard time, and I don't want to get into the politics of it, but there have been some decisions made, and like there's protests going on, and there's a lot of things that people could latch on to if they wanted to say, I'm making a political statement by not voting for this, and yet it still did remarkably well. Mm. So I think it's 
we, we kind of talked about this previously when we were talking about like, what's a song that would have been good in Eurovision years ago? And I sort of mentioned we need is songs that win Eurovision have immediacy. You hear them for the first time once and you think this is it. This is the song. And that doesn't always translate to I'm going to keep listening to this in a week or two or a month or a year down the road. It means it needs to have an impact that night. And that's it. And I think Toy is the perfect example of something that if you've never heard it before and it hits you and it's wild yeah. and it's crazy it and it's fun and it's right bright now. and it's colorful and there's dancers acting goofy. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, yep, this is it. This is great tonight. And then tomorrow you wake up and you're like, meh. What else is there? No, I mean, like a lot of people, especially the folks who aren't necessarily hardcore Eurovision fans who are into the minutiae like we are, you tune into Eurovision and you think of the Eurovision of the past, you know, 15, 20 years where you want a little bit of the goofy, you want a little bit of the crazy, you want a bit of that that high energy. And Toy had that. And like Derek was saying, it is this this very easily consumable, eye-catching package. Uh, and With just enough snark to give it more <laughs> depth than that kind of song usually gives right exactly you know there is a commentary but it's it's crazy it's farty uh it's farty it also stands out in stark contrast to the rest of the show yeah i mean i mean danny the the the, you you had talked earlier in the show about the 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 lack of sort of wacky pants stuff that that had been here there here and there in in previous years uh i i think i think this was listen i'm sorry the wackiest pants of them all (laughs) that's right uh this is where it was it was in the song that won like the chicken thing that's weird like <laughs> well just, i will say uh it, it yeah. uh, benefited by what we always bring up in terms of running order it benefited by being in the final five and it benefited mm-hmm. by going after hungary and before the netherlands you can Not also say cyprus cyprus also benefited by you know being in that sure last half as well after being second to last wow. second to last yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh it speaking of of some things related to toys just overall performance a couple of couple of little statmotron bits uh here on it uh, again i i had mentioned before this there were almost 5000 points given out in the final which is the most uh in the wow yeah in the history of the contest um that is how toy can win the contest with uh the third lowest percentage of uh potential score in the 12 10 8 points era and still win by 93 points <laughs> uh, which is kind of crazy the, the the only songs uh i'm sorry i said third third lowest it's fourth lowest there are three below it that's what i meant to say um Choi had uh, about 52 and a half percent of a theoretical perfect score obviously that's no one's ever come close to that, but it's but it, just in terms of like looking at what's an especially dominant win. Uh, Toy didn't really have it. The only ones lower are Arcade. Uh, the following year, my number one and by far the lowest uh, is Running Scared. Only uh, yeah. <laughs> only forty three point eight five percent. It's Oof. which is just insanely low. Uh, it's the only one with less than half. So so less than half or like less than six points per country basically and they still won that that year's weird um yeah that year was very very we should honestly do a 2011 year uh gross year no. review of one of those years no we totally should yeah uh, there's a lot of good stuff that year there really is and granted again rose-colored glasses first one on site but yeah is that give yeah. me a chance to refinance no uh, uh no, that no was that's 2012. 2012 that's 2012 oh christ okay all right just 2011 when we do it is one that i'm just gonna have to 
get my clockwork orange eye priors out for uh folks we uh you know we thought this was going to be one episode uh we wouldn't have that much to talk about about the year 2018 no wrong unfortunately it turned out this year was kind of important yeah no this was kind of a big one and kind of a good one we have so much more to talk about we didn't even get to our top fives in this episode so we're gonna we're gonna put that next week uh we're gonna have uh, some other thoughts about 2018 next week this is just gonna be a big old two-parter uh so tune in next week you'll find out our favorites you'll find out who shot jr uh and check out uh our socials uh insta tweet tick face and uh the and the rest uh, i'm tired and yeah we'll see you next week everybody until then i've been samantha i've been derek i'm sleepy and i'm denny in america stop, <laughs> stop listening, listening now, now. Oh. and we'll see you next week Oh, I found it.